Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get it done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 21st edition of the 1853 podcast of Mama's 2017-18 school year, we'll meet Mama's student Natalie Curtis. She's one of the very talented students who work behind the scenes in Mama's very successful Department of Theater, including its current production, The Pitchfork Disney. Men's basketball Todd Scribseth will preview this weekend's Midwest Conference men's basketball tournament that'll be played in Glenny Gymnasium and a trio of educational studies students will discuss their work with some area rural schools. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we chat with this week's guest, a shout out to a couple folks here at Monmouth, as well as a reminder about a couple big events happening here on campus. First, a shout out to classics professor Bob Holshue Simmons. He organized and hosted a wonderful 33rd edition of the Bernice L. Fox Classics Lecture that was held on Monday night. Thomas Jenkins from Trinity University in Texas gave a great talk about classics and comics in America. Also, a shout out to political science lecturer Robin Johnson. He brought scholar and author Jefferson Cowie to campus on Wednesday night. Professor Cowie gave this year's Midwest Matters talk about his very thought-provoking book, The Great Exception, The New Deal and the Limits of American Politics. Also, a big thanks to the folks at Security Savings Bank for being a co-sponsor of the Midwest Matters lecture. In a few minutes, we'll literally go behind the scenes of the upcoming production of the Pitchfork Disney. That's going to be on stage on from Thursday, February 22 through Sunday, February 25 down at the Fusion Theater at 230 South Main Street. But while you're listening to this podcast, just go ahead now and reserve a ticket for at least one of the performances. I saw one of the final dress rehearsals of the production, and it's a production you don't want to miss. As theater professor Doug Rankin, who's the play's director, has cautioned, the play is very intense and it's very harsh. It's certainly not for the squeamish, and you probably don't want to bring a guest under the age of 16 to the production. But if you're interested in experiencing some outstanding theater, be sure to catch what is quite simply a wonderfully done production. For more information about tickets to the Pitchfork Disney, check out the Monmouth Department of Theater's website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. And don't forget about February 27. That's when Asian Studies scholar Roger Ames will deliver the annual Samuel M. Thompson Lecture. Professor Ames will speak about Confucian China in a changing world order at 7 o'clock on February 27 in the Morgan Room of the college's polling hall. And that talk is free and open to the public. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, be sure to catch the production of the Pitchfork Disney during its run at the Fusion Theater down on South Main Street. In addition to wonderful acting and directing, the production also features a striking set that does a very good job establishing an atmosphere that prepares the audience for what's quite simply a very wild ride on the stage. 
The person behind creating that atmosphere is Mammoth Math and Art senior Natalie Curtis of Arlington Heights, Illinois. This is the third set for a Mammoth play that Natalie has designed. She also designed the set for last season's Oedipus Rex and this season's Pieces of Glass Bell. And she's also designed a half dozen posters for productions in Mammoth Theater, including all of the posters for this season's plays. Before she came to Mammoth, Natalie says that she'd not designed a poster for a theater production, much less an entire set. But all of that changed after Natalie became more involved in Mammoth's Department of Theater. I did take a typography and logo design class. I got to work a little bit with some graphic design work. And then I was already involved with the theater doing scenery work. And I asked if I was able to do this for the theater. And they said, of course. And so I started making the posters. Natalie says she takes a fairly direct approach when she designs a poster for a new production. I start with the show, the play or the musical, whatever the show is, and review it, read into it a little bit, find out what the major themes are, and then I go to the director and see what the director wants to do with the show. For example, Oedipus Rex was set in a film noir style, so that really set the tone for what the poster was going to look like. So I meet with the directors and then uh, kind of brainstorm ideas of what they want to present. Obviously, there's a line between presenting too much information and presenting not enough information. So it's finding that balance. And then after that, it's just about portraying the image that they want to see. Natalie entered Monmouth undecided about what she wanted to major in. She discovered that getting involved in the college's Department of Theater helped her connect several academic interests. So I came in very undecided. Uh, I decided about sophomore year to go with a math major. And I had an art minor. And then I was working in the theater. Uh, it was kind of the place I found that bridged math and art on Mammoth's campus. All of the designing and the technical work, a lot of it bridges math and art. And then uh, been working here in the theater for a while and decided to go back to the art department and make my minor a major. Natalie says that her inspiration for designing the sets of the recent productions of Oedipus Rex and Pieces of Gladspell came about in a similar way in which she created the design for those plays' posters. Both of them are of a similar process to the posters. It's looking at the show, seeing what is required for the show, but also different themes that could be interesting to highlight or elaborate on, and then meeting with the directors and seeing what they had um, a lot of times it's focusing on a central theme that kind of brings some inspirations to minor details like color choice or decorations on walls, things like that. Last winter, some set models that Natalie entered into the regional competition of the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival won second place. That led to a week-long experience working at the Stagecraft Institute of Las Vegas. Vegas, I spent a week working with a company called Advanced Entertainment Studios, and I'm now certified in stagecraft, stagecraft special effects. I have a certification to use um, lasers and um, fog and haze and mist, and there's all sorts of stuff we learned. We learned a lot about pyrotechnics, but unfortunately that's not covered in my certification. But it was really fun. I got to play with all of their indoor pyro and fire bars and things like that. I got to be in their warehouses working with their equipment and their employees 
um, hands-on training with like I said, lasers, fog machines. We learned how to repair those things as also how to set them up and to um, time them to music. The final day of the week, we had a big show and we set all these pyrotechnics and lasers and confetti cannons and streamer cannons all to the music and set everything off at once. Natalie won't graduate from Monmouth until this December. That gives her a little time to consider what promises to be a very interesting career, thanks in part to taking advantage of the opportunities she had at Monmouth College. I would love to be some kind of designer, and I really do like 3D design. A lot of that comes in with the set designing, but we'll see where it takes me. I'm really grateful for the opportunities and the flexibility here. I went down the math route because it's something that I'm passionate about and interested in, and I've spent a lot of time working in that department, but I wanted to explore my artistic side, obviously, and so I was working in the art department, and those two majors didn't always coincide very well, and so I, I found myself in the theater just kind of on chance because it was an opportunity I thought maybe could bridge both directions that I had been coming from, and I was right, and now I've done a lot of cool things in the theater, and it's really amazing. That's Monmouth math and art student Natalie Curtis. She's the person who designed the poster as well as the set for this production of the Pitchfork Disney. That's the latest production by the college's outstanding Department of Theater. The Pitchfork Disney will be produced from this Thursday, February 22, through this Sunday, February 25, at the college's Fusion Theater, which is at 230 South Main Street, right off the Monmouth Public Square. For more information about the tickets, check out the Monmouth Department of Theater's website. And that address is monmouthcollege.edu theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. And this is one production you do not want to miss. Glenning Gymnasium will be the place to be this weekend in Monmouth. That's because Monmouth is hosting the Midwest Conference Men's Basketball Championships. The college gets to host the tournament because the Fighting Scots men's basketball team clinched the regular season title last weekend. At 5 o'clock on Friday, the first semifinal game will tip off. That's when number two seed Ripon College faces number three seed St. Norbert College. Then at 7 o'clock, the number one seed Fighting Scots play the number four seed Lake Forest College Foresters. The championship will be played at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Monmouth men's basketball coach Todd Scribseth said it's a good feeling to keep playing basketball after the regular season schedule comes to an end. It is. This is a nice feeling. You know, there's, there's, there's years where you uh, get to, you know, the end of the year and you can kind of just sense that, uh, you know, maybe uh, everybody's ready for it, ready to see it end. Um, I've never felt like that with this group, and I, I've never got that sense from the team. Um, you know, I think this group would like to continue playing as long as they possibly can. With the regular season in the rearview mirror, Todd says his team is now focused on what it hopes is a long second season. You know, I think guys were <clears throat> were really pushing hard to to get that conference championship, and you know, and hey, there was some pressure on us. You know, there's no 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 question about that. Um, and to see those guys, see the guys rise to the occasion and <clears throat> and get that accomplished. Um, you know, yesterday in practice, now we've been able to refocus uh, 
a little bit and, and set our sights on the conference tournament championship. And uh, we had a very lively practice yesterday. Guys were extremely competitive, and, and you know they, you can see that they're chomping, on the, chomping at the bit to, to get playing on Friday. Monmouth finished its regular season with an overall record of 18-7 and and a 15-3 and record in the Midwest Conference. Todd says that things began to come into focus this season shortly after the turn of the calendar in early January. You know, we, we talked probably back in um, mid-January about how this is kind of the time where teams continue to uh, work and, and try to improve and and, and get better every single day. And then there's other teams that, uh, you know, start to lose their edge a little bit and, and, and kind of go the other direction. You know, we talked about what type of team we were going to be. And, and since that point, we've, we've really done a good job, I think, of working every single day, trying to get better, keep pushing and, and uh, making the adjustments that we need to make. Um, which is, you know, which is great. And it's a testament to our senior leadership that we have. They, they're a very determined group. Um, you know, I, I think they, they want more. And so they, they've, they've uh, continued to just really work and pull a lot of guys along with them. Mama's freshmen have also played a big role in turning the Fighting Scots around from a team that finished 6-21 and overall and 6-12 and in conference play a year ago and was predicted to finish sixth in the Midwest Conference this season. And, and, and this is a tremendous experience for our freshmen. Our, you know, you, you talked about the turnaround from last year to this year. That freshman class has a lot to do with that turnaround. You know, we obviously had guys develop – you know, um, Justin Batterton's one. You know, he developed from his freshman to his sophomore year. Kenny Travis and, and you know, our, our, the seniors that we've talked about. But that freshman class has brought so much competitiveness to our program. They've, they've brought a lot of quality depth to our program. Um, you know, our practices are really, really good. And, and guys get after each other. And, and so we get better, you know, when we practice. And uh, you know, last year I never, I, I didn't get that sense that we were getting better every day in our practices, uh, and and a big part of that was we didn't quite have the depth we needed in in our program. To win the Midwest Conference Men's Basketball Championship, a team will get a third look at its opponent, as all teams in the conference play one another twice during the regular season. Todd says that should make Mammoth and Lake Forest more than ready for one another when they tip off on Friday night. You know, b both of our teams have changed a little bit as the as the years gone on. So it's it's uh, you know, and, and it's it's been a while since we played them too. You know, so it's uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I mean, if if you get to the playoffs, you, 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 it's just part of it. You know, you're you're gonna see a, a team for the third time, and um, you know, I don't think they're they're gonna try to reinvent themselves coming into the game. I know we're not going to, and uh, we're gonna. You know, um, we're going to be ready. You know, they, and they will be. They will be as well. And it, it should be a hard-fought game. That uh, you know, because both teams have really, really good uh, quality players. Uh, they execute at a high level and they play extremely hard. So, uh, you know, it should be a fun one. No, I just love to see uh, some fans come out for the weekend. Uh, you, you got a chance to see some really high-quality small college basketball uh, with a lot at stake. So. You know, you're going to see some guys really laying it out there and playing hard. That's Todd Scripseth, Mammoth men's basketball coach. His fighting Scots played Lake Forest College at 7 o'clock Friday night in Glenny Gymnasium. 
the semifinals of the Midwest Conference Men's Basketball Championships. Hope to see you at the gym. And if you can't make it to Glenning Gymnasium, you can watch the game online at mamascots.com. Yet another example of why that address is your home for all things Fighting Scots related on the World Wide Web. Of course, for all the latest action in Monmouth College Athletics, you can follow the Fighting Scots on Twitter. That address is MC Fighting Scots. This is a good point in the podcast to remind you of the plethora of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College in the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash monmouthcollege. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth, and don't forget to check out Monmouth on Spotify, where we have some really cool playlists for your audio enjoyment. listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm your host, Dwayne Bonifer, in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Earlier this school year, Monmouth College's Educational Studies program became involved with a special program to work with schools in rural areas. Dubbed TARTANS, which stands for Teachers Allied with Rural Towns and Neighborhood Schools, the program aims to provide more teachers for schools in rural areas who face a shortage of teachers. Mama's first cohort includes three students, and we're going to meet those three students to hear about their experiences so far working with rural schools in the West Central Illinois region. Rebecca Ganey is a senior from Frankfort, Illinois. She's teaching this spring at West Central Elementary School in Biggsville, Illinois. Her high school, Lincoln Way North, had 600 students in its senior class alone. That makes it bigger than the entire student body at West Central Elementary School. Teaching runs in Rebecca's family, and becoming a teacher is a passion for her. She says that she's been impressed with the strong sense of community at West Central Elementary School. It's just a lot more community-based. I just feel like the school together works just more as a community. It's more united. Uh, From my experience growing up, it was very divided between the elementary schools and middle schools and the high schools here, it's like everybody seems to know everybody. It's a very small town. In fact, Rebecca says her involvement at West Central Elementary School has affected her career plans. I originally had no intention of working in a small school, but after being placed in this school, I really want to work in a rural area. I just feel like it's more of a community and that's what I want. I want to feel like I have a support group while I'm working. Rebecca has also discovered other needs that exist in some rural schools, and it's given her ideas for other ways that she can make a difference in students' lives. Um, And working in a rural school, it was just kind of a wake-up call for me because where I came from, you went home every weekend, you went home every night, and you were fed a nice meal. A lot of my students don't receive that, and they verbalize that, and it's just hard to deal with that because you can't help every single student in that department. So it's just... A lot of weight on your shoulders knowing that they're going home to a place like that and that they're not getting the support that they need, especially with their academics. A lot of their parents and guardians don't necessarily value education at this point in their lives. They kind of think it's just busy work, but it's things that the students need to do to build up their skills. And a lot of my students don't receive that support at home, so we try to give them as much of that support as we can when they're in the classroom with us. Okay, so now that I'm a part of this program, I'm starting to look for ideas of how I can help these students. And one of the things that I've noticed is that we should probably start the backpack program 
which would be sending home kids with food every weekend just so that we know that they're getting a nutritious meal. Morgan Holly is a mathematics senior from Oskaloosa, Iowa. She's working this spring at Monmouth Roseville High School. Morgan says that being in the classroom has helped her gain a greater understanding of, for the mechanics behind education. Um, I've learned just how the classroom works. Like I knew the math behind the teaching. I know like the content, but the scheduling and the planning ahead of time and interacting with the students, all of that is what's I think. Part of what motivates Morgan to be a teacher is the desire to help students understand why math is an essential part of their education. When I was growing up, I hated math. I absolutely hated it. It was the worst. Um, but I had a teacher that definitely changed my mind. She made me understand why it worked, and I wanted to be that for other students. And Morgan also hopes to teach at a rural school after she graduates from Monmouth. Um, I definitely want to stay in a small school. It's all I've really ever known, so what I'm comfortable with. And I, seeing that community and knowing how those students work together to support each other, it's important. Katie Robertson of Carmen, Illinois, spending this spring at Central Intermediate School in Monmouth. She's been impressed with the school's house system. Um, there's a very strong sense of community, and the staff is very committed to preserving that sense of community and to try to unite students who might not have um, very similar experiences. Um, at Central, they recently developed a house system, which um, spans fourth grade through sixth grade. And there's 12 different houses, and they work on community um, building activities weekly. Um, so that is one of the programs that um, has caught my interest. Katie says she would also love to teach in a rural area. I had always liked working with kids, but it had never um, really clicked until my senior year um, that this is what I wanted to do. Um, and even into my freshman year um, at Monmouth, I still had some uncertainties until I had my first education course and then that kind of solidified my decision. Um, I would love to work in a rural area. Um, I've just had a lot of positive experiences in rural areas, so if I could maintain that into my teaching career. Those are three of the outstanding members of the Monmouth College Educational Studies Program who are part of a pilot project called Tartans, Teachers Allied with Rural Towns and Neighborhood Schools. Keep an eye out for it in Monmouth Publications. You'll be hearing and reading a lot more about it and the difference it's making. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll hear about how a 3D ceramic printer can help not only art students, but those students in mathematics and the sciences as well. We'll also learn about a mathematics lab that makes some pretty beautiful art, and we'll check in with the friendly folks over at the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College Athletics. And that's going to be a 30 for this 21st edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Mm-hmm.